is the Becoming Epic Podcast. Becoming Epic. Epic isn't a word that we're just saying. Becoming Epic. Every, every person is courageous. Fitness became a blessing. It, it, it's my secret weapon. I'm living every second motivating you to become epic. Welcome back to the Becoming Epic Podcast. My name is Adam Berezowski and I am your courage coach. So I am so pumped for this week's episode. Um, I have one of the most amazing women that I've ever met in my entire life, even though I th- say that a lot, but this time I'm, I truly mean it. Um, this woman has been involved in my life for the past five years. She is a current member, but that's not the impact that she has made in my life. So I want to welcome the beautiful and amazing Lauren Alkazian. So thank you for joining me on my podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, so why don't you just introduce yourself, tell a little bit about your uh, where you're currently at, and then we'll kind of dive into your amazing story. Okay. So I actually, I'm about to turn 32, and I'm excited because I feel like my life's just beginning because I just graduated college a week ago, not even. So I'm so excited. Um, yeah. And I'm building a coaching business, a spiritual coaching business, which is so fun. Talking about the magic on Instagram and it's great. Oh, I love that. Well, you have an amazing story and I know bits and pieces of it. So I want to dive in and kind of, um, unpack. I like that word. Um, unpack where kind of, where you're currently at and kind of where it all began. So I know that her and I were talking before we started recording and talking about trusting intuition. So let's kind of dive in a little bit and what that is to you and where your journey has started. And Okay. I graduated high school in 2009 and I thought I was supposed to go away to school. I thought that that was like societally, like that's not a word, but like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I thought I was supposed to like go away to school. No words or, or not real words are okay on this okay. podcast, so you're <laughs> okay. good. <laughs> okay, good. So I thought I was supposed to go. So I applied to all these out-of-state schools and I got into Northern Arizona University. No, no knock against this school, but I knew all summer that I should not go. My intuition was telling me, do not go, do not go, do not go. And sure enough, I we left 5 a.m., right before school started to drive out to Arizona. And I remember the specific moment we were driving by the gas station on Westlake Boulevard. And I was like, I do not want to go. There's, I, I can't do this. I said nothing. I did nothing. I went. And of course I imploded. I didn't go Mm. to class. I didn't leave my dorm room. I fell into like a deep depression and I, I just spiraled out of control and I never really recovered until recently. Well, then let's kind of unpack that a little bit, because like for the fact that you had this intuition, what were the feelings that you had and then why did you ignore them? The, the feel, I, I, it's so hard to explain. And if you've really felt your intuition before, like, you know, this feeling, but it's this feeling like it's, it's this innate knowing that you mm. should or shouldn't do this or this person is bad or this person is good. It's this innate knowing. And, um, I just... I just knew, like, I can't explain to you how I knew. I just knew I shouldn't go. And I couldn't, and I, I expressed that, that feeling like before to other people, but I just, I don't know how to explain. Like, I just knew I shouldn't go. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So you're in college and then what were you studying and kind of what was that path like? I was, my major was kinesiology. Okay. I wanted to be an athletic trainer. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but no. <laughs> <laughs> not hurting, you know, don't make fun of us. No, of course not. Of no, course I'm just not. <laughs> of course not. Um, but I was in like a botany class and mm. I never went to that. And I was in a health science class and I never went to that. Yeah. And I was in a psychology class and the only reason I went to that was because my friends were in that class. You know, I joined a sorority and I made friends on my floor and I, I just... I lost touch with everyone. I, oh. I couldn't do it. Okay. So now you're away from home. Okay. You're in Arizona, right? Northern Arizona. Northern, yeah, Northern Arizona. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, what is this feeling like? Are you trapped? Are you like kind of where, where do you feel like your life is going? Like you're dealing with depression. Yeah. Right. You mentioned that. What does yeah. that look like? Like how does... I mean, I just wasn't leaving my bed. I mm. was having my friends bring me food from the cafeteria. Like, I, I just wasn't leaving. Mm. And the only time I ever really left my room and left my bed was to go to the gym in the dorm hall. And I would get on the treadmill or I'd get on the elliptical and I would pretend I was running home. So I'd be on this machine for like five, six hours just pretending like I was running home. And I wow. I lost a ton of weight. I wasn't eating. Like, it was really bad. But I, it was, it, I just was pretending like, get me home. You know, wow. I mean, the longest hour of my life is one minute on a treadmill. <laughs> so I cannot imagine yeah. being on a treadmill for that long. That is insane. Yeah. Okay. So now you're stuck at the school. You're, you're in this depression. So like, where, where do you, how do you escape from this? Like what's, what's like your next, like what's the next chapter of this story? Yeah. So winter break came around and I heard of someone driving home like a week before, like I had a flight out ready to go, but I heard someone was driving home a week before and I was like, I'm in, put me in a car. And so I packed up my entire room. I sent everything I couldn't take. I sent it home through UPS and I drove home for nine hours with strangers, which now I would never do. But like, <laughs> you know, like I, I wanted to get home so bad. And I remember I just, it took, oh my God, it took forever. But like I got home and I felt like now I cannot be depressed. Now I'll, I'll be better. Like I'll be happy again. But that didn't happen. Mm. Wow. Okay. So then you came home. Yes. Keep, keep it rolling. <laughs> I want to know everything. So okay. just like vomit it out. <laughs> so I, um, I went to the local community college, which was Moore Park at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I started taking classes, but I never really took it seriously. I would start the semester and I'd be like, you know, really excited because I'd be like, let's be a lawyer. Let's be a therapist or like whatever. (laughs) And then, you know, like week three would roll around and I'd be like, well, if I just skip this class, it would be okay. And then week five would roll around and I'd be like, oh God, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. This is stupid. Not to like knock any lawyers, but like I didn't want to do it. And so then I would, by week six, I had dropped the class. And so I had endless W's and just endless F's like I just never took it seriously and I worked full-time and I was doing all that but I was struggling with my mental health and so I was making these decisions and acting on these behaviors that were not my authentic self Mm. and so you know I was frustrating people around me and as time went on for at least four not 14 years but like probably like nine and a half years I was like digging myself into this super deep hole wow yeah, it's funny because I have, I know quite a bit of people that, you know, go to school, mm-hmm. right? They think that this is the good path and they'll figure it out in school. And it's like they try every different avenue. And then like, honestly, I think it's still friends that are still there and stuck in that kind of cycle 
because it's like, oh, I'm interested in this, but then I don't want to do that. And like, you kind of get through this like identity crisis. And so, and I could totally see how, you know, in, I mean, I'm not a, I started ditching college, like my first day of college. I'm like, <laughs> why am I paying school to go to school? Like to not go to school. Like right. it was just ridiculous. Right. I knew school wasn't for me, you know? And, um, you know, but I've seen so many people get stuck in that cycle where it's like, you know, this is the normal societal normal to go to school, to have this college experience or whatever, you know, and that like, even on the um, community college side, that that's like not frowned upon. Um, even though Moore Park is one of it's the, a great school. It is a great school. Yeah. I mean, I get employees from there. I, yeah. I'm on the board there. I love that school. It's such a great school. Um, I'm trying to get my staff that are leaving to go to college, to stay there and not to leave. <laughs> um, but whatever. Hint, hint. Yeah. Hint, hint, yeah. <laughs> I know she listens too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I could totally see that. So you mentioned mental health. Um, what were some of the things that you're going through at this time? Um, definitely depression and anxiety, just hardcore, like impulsivity. Is that a word? That might be a word it, again. Yeah, again, <laughs> yeah. um, allowed. Yes. Um, just a lot of, um, you know, like I, you know what it was, was that I was put on medication mm. and it wasn't because I was being forced into medication, but it was, I was begging my doctor for medication because I hated myself so much and the way I was acting mm. that I said, please put medication in my body to make me a different person. And what I didn't realize was that that's not how that works. Medication wow. doesn't change you as a person. Your behaviors and your mindset change you as a person. But I thought if you gave me ketamine, I would change as a person. Holy shit. But I didn't take ketamine, obviously. But like I'm saying, I, I kept begging for a horse tranquilizer because I just didn't like myself. I didn't like the way I was acting. And so I kept taking these medications and it was inhibiting my prefrontal cortex. And that's where your decision-making like processes are. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I just learned this. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, that's why I was so impulsive and that's why I was making all these decisions and doing these behaviors that were out of the norm. Like I would do things that were people would look at me and be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you're so weird. Yeah. So it's so funny because I actually just learned, I don't, your prefrontal cortex, right? Yeah, like right here. Yeah. So I went through, my daughter went through a brain scan thing. Um, and we're, I'm learning about all that and how like the decision making, your reactions to things. And it's an amazing, like, this is why I love anatomy and the human body, just because it's like, it can there's it, it can work correctly and it can not work correctly and like when it doesn't it could be like one little thing that's off can veer you off into these these downfalls and so um okay so then d you eventually got put on medication yeah and then um so then kind of like dive in because i know there's a, so many layers to your story um because i want to make sure that we give people hope you know i want to make sure we give people um, that are struggling with mental health, like what are some of the things that you've gone through, um, not just with school, just in your personal life and um, some just personal struggles that people can maybe relate to um, that could be going through something right now? You know, because for me, it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's, I've been so dark where there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And then there's like that one moment, that one thing that I hear that I'm like, oh, there is a light, you know, cause when you're stuck in depression, anxiety, it's like a running through a train tunnel with a train 
basically on your heels and you're sprinting with no end in sight. Right. So let's kind of dive deep into some of the things that you've gone through, not, not just with school and some of the things that you've done, but, um, you know, some of the things that have, you know, basically transformed you into who you are today. Um, I mean, that's a loaded question. (laughs) Um, I think it really stems down to, and this is again, my intuition telling me that this is what I should say is that I hated myself so much and I did not think I was worthy of anything, worthy Mm. of a good friendship, worthy of a good relationship, worthy of a college degree, worthy of literally anything good at all that I was reflecting this hatred of myself onto other people and not saying like I hated other people, but the people I was attracting into my life were direct reflections of how I felt about myself. And so people would treat me the way that I was subconsciously expecting them to treat me. Of course, I was like, oh, you should be nice to me. But like subconsciously, yep. they, I was like, treat me like shit. Sorry, I'm cussing. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> okay. I've dropped F-bombs. It's, you're good. You're good. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you just hit a huge topic. Yeah. And it's and I, and I kind of want to dig into that because, um, uh, you know, it's like, you you portray you build yourself up as this character right and i feel i feel like that's what like childhood growing into like high school middle school high school all this stuff is you're developing who you are right Mm -hmm. but it's like people don't realize the manifestation of who you truly are internally is what you do receive right and so um i have been in the exact same situation where i'm like why are these people acting this way towards me and it's honestly now that i know in my adulthood it's because of the way that i dislike like myself and um and i don't think i've ever really talked about this because um you know i can't say so many bad things have happened to me right if i had some pretty screwed up situations in my life um i've always been very blessed and in a lot of ways but it's like that internal hate towards yourself and directly affects all the things that you attract oh yeah and and i people you know with like friendships look like continuing i can't say i don't want to use the word friendships because everything's a relationship whether if it's a friendship a lover whatever right right it's you even though you say like you might be doing good to others you might be doing good to this but if you are like just what's the word i'm looking for i'm like brain farting right now (laughs) um like if you are looking in the mirror and you're like, I hate myself, like you said, like you hate yourself, like you're going to be attracting the types of people that are going to be drawn to that. Oh yeah. And it's not even about looking in the mirror being like, oh my God, I hate you. It's, it's the way that you talk to yourself. Cause I'd never looked at myself and said, oh my God, I hate you like directly, mm-hmm. but it was more like, um, oh my God, you're not good enough for this. You're not capable of enough for yeah. this or s- something to that effect where I just k- kept beating myself down so hard in yeah. my own head mm. that it was just total hatred. Yeah, and I think, you know, and I, I always, I say this a lot. It's like your network is your net worth, right? Mm-hmm. And you start to absorb those same types of people that are basically you, just not you, right? They speak the same way to yourself. They speak to... To they, you. Yeah, they speak to you as then you are speaking to yourself, right? right? And and then you're like, oh, why are these people being so mean? Why do they, why are they always in my business? Why are they, you know, all these stuff? And I, you know, and I've seen it in a lot of my relationships, you know, that, um, 
you know, and I think that there's like a, a, a purpose to be served in that for you to open up your eyes and realize that it's not them, it's you. Right. And that's what happened. Yeah. I re I had that epiphany of, oh my God, this is what's happening. And I decided one day, like, no more. There um, we're done with this. Yeah. And I mean, not to like get into the transformation too early, but um I I just decided one day that I was going to do everything in my power to be the polar opposite of what I of who I was mm. and how I was acting. Mm. And I worked this happened literally the day before the country shut down for the pandemic and I worked the entire pandemic and some and still working to be the polar opposite of who I was. Mm. So then did you take like an internal like audit of who you were at that time and then like you like what what work have you done and then what work are you continuing to do to transform yourself away from that person um you know it's so hard because to like identify something specific because the way i view the work the internal personal development work i don't view it as work i mm. view it as an opportunity to mm. better myself because as the pandemic progressed, I adopted these different mindsets of like the 1% better every day, right? Like, or, or, um, you know, make it your mission to make someone else's day better. That's Rob Dial's thing. Like yeah. I, I I'm constantly, and honestly, I was adopting all of these other people's principles and other people's sayings and ideas because I didn't know who I was and I didn't know how to act and I didn't know what to do until very recently I was like now I'm my own person and now I get to make up my own principles and my own ideas um so when it comes to work I really just did a lot of self-reflection it was so painful but doing a lot of self-reflection and making myself super super hyper self-aware of like this is how I'm acting so sometimes asking like my mom or my sisters and being like, Hey, do or my dad too, but my dad's so nice. Um, <laughs> just being like, Hey, like, do you, what do you think of me in this case? Or what do you, what do I do in this, in this regard? And they'll tell me. And sometimes I'm like, gross, right? Like, I don't want to talk about that. But then when you really look at it, you're like, I could change that. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, God, there's so much value in what you just said. Cause you know, so many people get like, it's like the hamster wheel, mm -hmm. right? Of just like, oh, this is the life that God gave me. I'm just going to deal with it. You know, it's like we get, we are given every day an opportunity, given tools, right? And I talk about this so much because it's, you're right. It's not, it shouldn't be work, right? For you to better your life or to better your situation, it shouldn't be work. It shouldn't feel like a task. It should feel like a revelation, right? And like, and I think that that's where so many people, they don't just, A, don't know where to start. You know, I talk about, um, and I, I don't know if I've, you know, kind of directly discussed this with you, but like you have a tool belt, mm -hmm. right? You need specific tools to build a house, right? So like what, what tools are you using or have you used in the past that maybe you might not be using anymore to, to visualize, to do the internal work? Like, cause obviously you work out. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and knowing you over the last five years, um, I've seen you super high. I've seen you super low. I've seen you everywhere in between. Um, and people think like when you work out or you're starting like a transformation, right? It's, it's just like this slow uphill slope. Hell no. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it definitely is not. <laughs> no. Um, so like, what are some of those types of tools that you are currently using? You know, obviously fitness is one of them. Right. 
And I'll, I'll be honest, the tools that I was using at the beginning and versus the tools that I'm using now are night and day different. Yeah. Totally so, different. But let's, let's kind of look at that. Yeah. Let's look at at the beginning, right? Because like that's like the start of what work, what you think the work mm-hmm. looks like, and then mm-hmm. where you're at now. Um, at the very beginning, my work was my tool, my tools. Um, I learned a lot about thought stopping. So every time I would be aware of a negative thought about myself or about someone else or about something, I would stop it in its tracks and I would say no more, and then I would replace it with a positive thought. Mm. And sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't work. Um, other tools that I used at the beginning were, um, I read a lot of books. Like I read a lot of like self-help books and took what I wanted from those. And so the things that I would take from there would be my tools for, um, stuff like that. It's, it's hard to pinpoint. It really is. Um, but then like now my tools are more spiritual, like manifestations, law of attraction, um, stuff like that that's more more my way like speaking to the universe and getting signs from the universe is more my way of like using the tools to to better myself if that makes sense does it make sense <laughs> yeah i mean it's a it's a kind of a generic make sense but like <laughs> you know there there's like specific things that people need right it's mm-hmm. like and and they don't know where to start and that, that's the thing that I'm trying to provide for people is like that, like this might not be the right tool for the future, but it might be a good stepping stone to start right now. Right. So yeah. like therapy, um, working out, nutrition, um, going on walks, surrounding yourself with different people. I love that thought stopping. Like that's massive. Like I never even thought of that because yeah. I am the man that I've stood in the mirror and I'm just like, I hate this person that I am and I'm talking to that person. And, um, and it's, it sucks to have to admit that, mm-hmm. but I'm also not that person anymore. Right. Um, but it's taken me a lot of like internal work, um, knowing that I do, I, I am going through, or I, or I can't say I am because I'm working through a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's what I have gone through and I've made plenty of mistakes on the way. But also like not not, not saying that that's like the, the, the sole base ca- character of who I am. Right. Right. Because like, you know, sometimes you make a decision for your life and yourself and then all of a sudden like it affects everybody else around you. Right. But going back to where does someone start? Mm-hmm. Because for years I'd be like, where do I start? I It's so overwhelming and I am such an all or nothing person. And so I would say like, I, you know, someone would be like, oh, you got to work on this or whatever in a nicer way. Yeah. But I, I would say, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. So from someone who's been in that overwhelming place, just start, just do one thing. Because that's what I'm learning like right in this moment is that all or nothing is not a way of life. Like sometimes all or nothing is great, but not always. And when you're coming to personal development work like this, all or nothing is even in the spirituality realm, like all or nothing is not always the case. And when you start on that 1% every day, it make you know, breaks it down into yep. tangible goals and you can get there. Yeah. And I think, you know, I say that 1% every day, every day. Yeah. Like it is seriously, like it's it's a small amount of work because over a given period of time, 
it's massive gains. They always say like when a boat's in a water, like you turn it one degree south and then, or one degree in a different direction and all of a sudden you end up in a different country. Right. You know, and I don't think people, oh my God, excuse me. Um, <laughs> got some burping action going over, over here. Um, but I don't think people realize like, you know, that just starting on how difficult that is, right? right? Because it's like, they just don't know where to start. They're like, oh, I have to be perfect. This is why fitness, most people fail in fitness because they're like, I'm going to go all in. It's, I'm going to change everything. And then a week later, they fail. They fail. Yeah. I did. How many times have I done that? Oh my God. Yeah. So then let's kind of back it up a little bit because like, you know, prior to you coming to Epic, right? I'm, mm -hmm. you know, we have some, I'm probably going to interview every single person here <laughs> because we just have such amazing stories and amazing upcomings and downfalls. I mean, we've, we've gone through stuff together, right? you know? So like prior to coming here and prior to finding like a community like this, like, well, like what drew you here? What brought you here? Like, what were those moments when you're like, I need change. I need, I need to show up somewhere for myself. Okay. This is really embarrassing, but I'm going to tell the story. So I was sitting in the living room with my sister and my mom, and I think someone else, but I forget who it was. And I'm sitting at the, I'm wherever the hell I'm sitting. And I can hear myself snoring while I'm awake. I was <laughs> snoring while I was awake. Oh my God. And I could hear myself breathing so heavily. And I thought, oh my God, this is like terrible. Oh my God, why am I doing this? So I immediately look at my parents, my parents, my mom, and I'm like, can I come to the gym with you tomorrow? Because they were already here. Yeah. And my mom texted someone and was like, can I, can I bring Lauren? And yeah. they were like, yes, of course. And I came the next day and it was the hardest thing ever. But, and I can't say that I have come here consistently since then because mm -hmm. I haven't. But when I decided that I was going to come here consistently and that I have been coming here consistently, it changed my life. Yeah. So... So that was the moment, yeah. right? And then because, yes, you, you know, out of everybody that I have known since you've been here, your consistency at the very beginning was all over the place. Yeah. Um, what were some of the challenges that you were going through at that time? Um, I wasn't in the mindset that I am now and even that I was at the beginning of the pandemic. I was in a place of still self-hatred. And why would I be worthy enough to be consistent at the gym? Why would I be worthy enough to lose all this weight? Like who, who the hell am I? Right? Like that's not, that's not who I was. But then when I did started coming consistently, it was a different mindset. It was, I do deserve to be here and I do deserve to work out and I do deserve this for my body. And I, I'm not saying that my nutrition is perfect because it is far from perfect, but like that was the first step getting to the gym every single day. And I come Monday through Friday and I was just, it was just getting there every single day at 7 a.m. In, and I made friends and I created this community and now I would never miss a day yeah. ever. Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head, right? Cause it's like, everybody's got to find that one reason, mm -hmm. right? And it's, and it's sometimes you might go a few couple of days a week, might not come a week. You know, I think there was a times where you didn't come for a month or two. Oh, totally. You know? Um, and then once it, it switched, right. And then that month turned into, you know, maybe came three weeks straight. In four weeks, right? And mm -hmm. then five weeks. And then it just kind of trickled down from there. Because again, if, if you really look at the consistency of that, right? Like that's everybody, mm -hmm. you know? So like when I went through my original, I don't know, my, 
my first transformation out of my 900. Um, <laughs> it feels like 900. Um, you know, it was like the first day that I took three days off because I was so freaking sore. And then it was like, it was very wishy-washy until like I saw the value in it for myself. I saw the me starting to care for myself because I can't say I loved myself at the time, um, but started to caring enough that I wanted more, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, you know, but I obviously, I, went, I did mine at a big box gym prior to owning a gym and um, didn't have a community of people. So I was like by myself, I call it the head down movement, headphones in, head down, you know, yeah. and just like get to work. Right. Um, you know, but then it, it just came to a point where like enough is enough, right? And so, um, so since being here and since being consistent, not only have I seen you transform in multitude of ways, um, you know, given relationships, friendships, your, your relationship with your family. I mean, you come here with your family, <laughs> which is the most incredible thing. And your mom was my first guest on my podcast, which is awesome. <laughs> um, and still my most listened to episode. Yay! Thanks Betty. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but you know, it's, um, it, what it shows it, it's not, only, but it's trickled down into your whole family. You yeah. know, and it's something that both you, your mom and your sisters, I know your whole family, um, your dad, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, you hear that dad? <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, Jeff, get your butt here. Um, <laughs> don't catch you sleeping again. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but like, it just goes to show like what, what you do for yourself then internalizes and then transforms into like you talking about yourself and caring mm-hmm. for yourself and, and making decisions. Okay. Totally. So, so for as long as I've known you, you've been in school. Okay. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> you recently graduated like a week ago, which I I'm so, f- I'll drop the F bomb. I'll drop the first one. So fucking proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that, you, you know, because it's like, I think you've tried to transfer into like a few different avenues of you want to be a lawyer at one point um you started working for a a law firm um you know you started doing a lot of these things and to who you are today is like night and day Mm -hmm. and so um where did you land up like so what did you graduate with and then um i want to talk about like what your future looks like love that um i graduated with a ba in psychology and I was initially a political science major, and then I switched it to psychology, changed my life. And um, I can't say that psychology is like my favorite thing, like my most favorite thing. Like it's interesting, but I'm not passionate about it. Um, but it definitely was the stepping stone because I decided that I wanted to be a coach, and I I had enough life experience that I could help someone else out who's either in this in the same place or this, a similar place or whatever it may be. Um, but then as I decided that I wanted to be a coach and I wanted to help people set goals and move forward and, you know, accomplish all these things, I found my passion in spirituality. Um, law of attraction, manifestation, angel signs, angel numbers, all these fun things like signs from the universe lights me up so much. I, I can't even tell you, like I light up an entire room when I talk about this stuff. It is the best. And so I thought to myself, why would I, and I, don't get me wrong, like I'm here to help anybody who needs it, but why would I be a coach for something that is great 
when I could be a coach for something like spirituality that just gets me out of bed every morning and just makes me so excited. Yeah. And it's funny because like, you know, I'm, I push entrepreneurship. Obviously, you know, <laughs> we've had multiple conversations of like, you need to do this. But I'm like, okay, that's my, you know, you do you. I'll support you. Um, you know, at one point you wanted to coach professional athletes. Um, I think we talked about like even post athleticism, like after retirees, like what's next in that, in that realm. Um, you know, and, and it's funny cause like, I think through every conversation we've had, I never seen you be so excited about something, which actually makes me more excited now for you and like where you want to go. So like who, who would be like your ideal client? Like if you, I don't know if you've ever heard the term, like your client avatar mm-hmm. and like who, who is that? Like who would be that person? Anybody who wants to go on a spiritual journey. Doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual journey. It doesn't matter if you're leaps and bounds ahead of me. It doesn't matter if you're just starting. I am here for it, whatever it may be, because everybody's spiritual experience is so different. It's Mm. so unique to each person. And so we're on this together. You know, we're always learning. We're always growing. We're always thriving. And so I, 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 if you come to me and you're like, Hey, guess what happened? I'm going to be the biggest hype woman for you because it's so amazing. Like (laughs) everything like that is just so amazing. So it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing. Like, that's what I'm here for is like to validate and to be like, Hell yeah, like let's go, yeah. you know? You know what's funny is I'll say this once and hopefully if a future client is listening for you <laughs> is you put on some Backstreet Boys and you will have <laughs> literally the best hype woman you'll ever see because um, in our gym when we have our music going, if we know if it's not good if Lauren ain't happy or she ain't jamming <laughs> out and then all of a sudden I'll throw on some 90s uh, or early 2000s. Yes. Um, boy bands boy bands and <laughs> it's like the energy is through the freaking roof i mean she'll blow the roof <laughs> off the, of this place yeah and i do have to agree with a, a couple of things just because like you know spirituality looks different for everybody mm-hmm. i'm in a program now where they talk about like a higher power right mm-hmm. and um i maybe like kind of like on my religious side born and raised jewish kind of seek some christianity values i guess so i started kind of going down that route um come to find out I'm a very faithful person and I do have a lot of spirituality, but I don't sit in just like one discipline, right? Like I'm not like, yes, both, I'm gonna call myself a double mint Jew because both my parents are Jewish. Um, It's very rare these days that both parents, both sets of parents are Jewish. Um, But what I learned a lot in this program is that your higher power isn't, doesn't need to be a God, doesn't need to be... Mm -hmm. It, it could be... It could be a tree. It could be a tree. Yeah. And, and this is the one thing that has given me so much faith in my life is because the only time that I feel free is when I run. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, and I, and I run a lot. I mean, you know I run. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize that I had such a bigger purpose of why that I run. And it's... Because I always said like, oh, I run for therapy and I live for exercise. But running to me, that is my spirituality. Totally. Because I'm, I get to a place... Let's talk about this past weekend. I did a 13 mile Spartan race. I was nine, it took me almost nine hours to do 13 miles in the hills of Big Bear. And I've never been happier. And yeah. it was suffering. And I have the worst sunburn on my fucking head. It looks so gross. It looks terrible. <laughs> I know. I'm not ever taking my hat off again. Um, but like, those are the times that I feel 
the most myself, right? Yeah. And I don't, and through the program that I'm in, I don't think without digging deep of who that or what that is, like, it, you know, it could be standing right in front of you. And I've been running for 12 years and I, I never realized how big of an impact that it's made in my life besides the athletic, you know, and like the health benefits of it and tight hips and cracking <laughs> knees and whatever else that runners do. When you run, do you feel like you are truly surrendering? 1000%. That's what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Because when you truly surrender and let go, that's when your spirituality is like, oh, you know what I Seriously. mean? Like it's perfect. And that's been my biggest thing is like surrendering and letting go. Oh my God, I'm such a control freak. Like, hello. Yeah. But like surrendering and letting go is the key to like peace and spirituality and like manifestation and all that amazing things and and you can go so deeper too with the surrendering right because same thing we're speaking basically my whole program right now <laughs> I'm just talking about it um but like surrendering and there's so much that you can surrender right mm-hmm. it's not just like you letting go of control of your life or somebody else's or whatever like you know you're in a shitty relationship and you feel like you're stuck or whatever but it's it's surrendering the things that you've done in the past it's surrendering the, the things that people have then done to you in your past and and then giving yourself that freedom to then just like let it go let it go yeah and i didn't realize how important that really is to somebody because i recently went through this in, in crazy kind of in-depth program um i keep calling it a program but i'm just going to continue to call it a program because that's what it is <laughs> um that like it taught me so much about myself because like you know you unpeel this layer of this onion and like boom there's some little bit of trauma there there's some issues right like and you keep know, going yeah i mean and then you go from like back then like okay then why did i even end up in that relationship in the first place then you t- peel back that layer of onion right. and you're like oh shit there's a trauma it's all stemmed from my family like i have a lot of like deep-rooted it's not deep-rooted but i have a lot of family trauma that has brought out so much like resentment and um just distraught of of like neediness in my Mm. life right Mm -hmm. and then now i have like this sense of freedom and like when i'm immersed in work because i do a thousand different things and um but there's not one day i'll miss a run yeah because that's my freedom oh totally you know that's my freedom be like okay i have to I have to fill these jars for, with my supplements. I have to record a podcast. I have to design a new shirt. I've got to train classes. <laughs> I've got to yeah. run a gym. Right. I've got all these things that I have to do, but I will not skip my run. And I run right. every single day. And it's no matter how tired I am, because even after this podcast, you're going to do it. I'm going for a run. Love it. Um, because it is my, I mean, that is my higher power. Right, because yeah. it's it's the feeling, and it's crazy. Because like I stopped listening. I mean, I, now I listen to music like on my phone, but it's in the background. But it's not like I don't listen to headphones. Mm-hmm. I'm I listen to the birds. I listen to the traffic. I listen to the bums screaming at me from underneath <laughs> the bridge from the other side. And I, and I love it. But that's being in the present moment. That's yeah. living right in that moment because that's all we have. The the past is the past, mm-hmm. and the future doesn't exist. Yeah, too many people live from the poor moments in their past and they keep it's like their anchor in their life right mm-hmm. and it's will never let them go until they surrender right and that's what has held me back for 30 fucking eight years of 
craziness, which I'm saying, I'm sure the same thing for you. It's like, you have, you, you say things that you don't mean you've done things, people have done things to you. Right. And it's like, this is builds your identity, mm-hmm. you know? And I think so many people, they just letting go is such an easy term to say, but it's the hardest thing to do. Hardest thing to do. Yeah. So I to know. find that network. So, so, um, I mean, God, we can get pretty damn deep with all this. <laughs> What, um, trying to think what other great questions that we could ask just because I want to make sure that you get your message out there because I think like you have a ton to offer somebody, your sheer presence alone. Um, I hate when you're not here. Um, (laughs) thank you. Even though that I, I'm not coaching every day on the floor, but I make sure I get my hug every day. I make sure I come out to say hi. Um, and I know we're not here. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> true. Uh, th- that is very true. You used to not come on Fridays and now, I know. And now you but come now on I Fridays. Can. I know. Yeah. Um, but like, so let's talk about your business and the, like, the things that you want to do. Like what, what does your future look like? Like what's, I'm trying to think of like the good, a good answer that's not so heavily loaded. Um, <laughs> what, like what's next for you? Um, I want to help people find their spirituality and whatever that may mean, whether it's religious, whether it's not, whether it's, I mean, whatever it is, I want to help people get to the place that they want to get to. Um, and I'm not perfect. I'm not an industry expert. I'm not someone who knows everything. I wish I was, but I'm not. And so going on these parallel spiritual journeys together is going to be the most magical adventure ever because when we can validate things for each other and we can and I mean I I have enough knowledge to help people out but when we go on these these adventures together this is where we learn this is where we grow this is where we flourish and this is how we we become who we want to become I love that word becoming (laughs) um I call them fear bonds okay and this is why I push people to do very hard things in their life. And I I don't just say, hey, you should do this. I say, hey, we should do this, right? Because there's something very magical. And I think that that's kind of goes along with spirituality is that when you do something or you go through something so scary together, you just create this bond, right? And when you create a bond, especially in a successful moment, right? And I'll utilize, I don't know if you heard the Jordan story about this weekend. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's went across the gym, um, <laughs> but like something that we all went through together that was really difficult and people, I mean, 60% of the people did not finish this event and that's unheard of, I know. unheard of. It was that difficult, but every single one of us at, from Epic did it and completed it. And it's like now that you are bonded and so like when you go through something like that and you go through it together, you you hold this special moment in your life. And I've had so many of these moments going back from like high school being robbed at gunpoint with a couple of my buddies. Yikes. Yeah, which is not a good situation, but it's like we survived that shit and we have this special bond. And so it's like like those are the things that like what I call like a fear bond and it's also called trauma bonding. I like fear bond. A little psychological (laughs) term there. Totally. Okay. Yes, it's probably more trauma (laughs) bonding than it is. I like fear bond. Um, But yeah, I mean that's what it is because trauma comes with a thousand different ways, right? Whether it's good trauma or bad trauma. Right. Trauma is trauma. 
and yes, I, okay, cool. You call me out. <laughs> Sorry, no, I love you. But... <laughs> totally. Yes, um, but but because of those moments, right? It's like that's where you, like you develop spirituality. You right. know, it's like there's people that did this race with us that honestly, I was like, you're not going to finish. They kept on trekking. They kept on trekking. They did not give up. Yeah. And it's because of the people that you surrounded yourself with, and you were on that journey with them. Right. And that's that's incredible. Um, well. I love you so fucking much. Um, <laughs> I hope that people, you know, like we all suffer from anxiety and depression. I think that that's something that you're going to see common in, in everybody here, right? And everybody that I am going to interview because everybody has it. It's just a matter of like the layers that, um, that it does impact you. Um, but there is hope and Lauren is the perfect example of that and her whole family and her mom is a, world-renowned i'll say world-renowned author and therapist and just a incredible woman so she's following in some amazing footsteps just on her own path so thank you um what so to wrap this up um i want to deliver some value right Mm -hmm. so let's get a little whether deep doesn't need to be too deep but like um where where can you right now just deliver just some little hope, little value to our listeners? I'm just trying to think of a good question. I can't think of a good question. <laughs> um, because like, again, there's so many people suffering. There's so many people that are ready for a moment like this mm-hmm. and they're just like sitting back and waiting for that right time, but there is no right time. So like, what would you do to kick them in the butt to be like, just do something? Um, my first piece of advice is to never give up. Never stop dreaming. Never stop seeing yourself as the person you want to be if you're not there yet. Um, Because with that 1% every day, like you say, you can get there. Yeah. Absolutely. Like a a thousand percent. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting because like I am pretty hard on myself when it comes to like personal development and consistency and commitment and all these things. But I'm going to be the total opposite of that and just be like, have compassion for yourself. Give yourself grace. Be nice to yourself. I definitely could do better at that um, because you are your own best friend. You are your best partner. And when you're nice and sweet to yourself, everyone else around you is going to be that way too. No matter where you go, you're always going to be there. Totally. Totally. And the last thing that I'll say is to trust your intuition. A thousand percent. Always listen to it. It's always right. It's the driving force to get you onto your highest and best path. Yep. Well, we are all here to support you wherever you are on this journey. And I hope that you took something from Lauren's story. Um, and there's a thousand other layers that we <laughs> might have to have a part two of, this, um, of a lot of the trauma bonds <laughs> that uh, we have all gone through. Um, so when, where can people follow you to drop like your new business Instagram and all that stuff? And- yes. Celebrating spirit. All one word. Celebrating spirit is where we share the magic. Oh, I love that. Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. So if, you know, I'm going to start charging people for my show. I don't know if you know this. This is brand new because it's something I want to do. One of my, one of my, the people I look up to do this is, um, there is a fee and there is going to be a fee moving forward is that, 
I want people to share these episodes, right? And that's the only fee is I want people to share your story, right? So that way you get your voice out there. You get your word out there. Um, if it, if it's, you've taken some value away, um, if you think that you know somebody that is going through something that needs a little bit of hope, please, please, please share these episodes. So that is my fee. I'm going to start saying that at the beginning of my episodes and not at my end. I thought you were going to say your fee is a hug. <laughs> Oh, and a hug. That's oh, that's okay. Well, not everybody knows that, but yes, I hug everybody. Uh, my uh, love language is physical touch and words of affirmation. So touch my butt and tell me I'm pretty. That's how I roll. Um, so yes, I, I wish I could hug every single one of my listeners, but um, maybe one day. Um, so I appreciate you. I appreciate you being on here with me. And every person is courageous. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Epic Podcast. If, if you're still listening to this, that means you took something away from this episode. Make, make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Becoming Epic. We'll see you next time. Fitness became a blessing. It, it, it's my secret weapon. I'm living every second motivating.